Welcome to the Drive In Me podcast, brought to you by Toyota Jamaica, now leasing directly to your business, tailoring lease and lease to own options with island wide maintenance. More on that later in the episode. The Drive In Me series will feature interviews with some of the brightest minds in business in Jamaica, curating insights and learnings from leading business people and sharing firsthand the fundamental rules of business that have guided them on the road to progress. In episode three, we meet Joy Spence, a chemist with a decorated career in the spirits industry, most notably with Appleton Estate, the world famous Jamaican rum brand. In 1997, Joy Spence became the world's first ever female master blender and went on to receive multiple global accolades for her work. In 2005, Jamaica awarded Joy the Order of Distinction in the Class of Officer for her services to the spirits industry. And now, the Appleton Estate Rum Experience Tour bears her name. Here, she talks about how it all began, how she embraced education from a very early age and was inspired to explore a career in science by her third form teacher, Eldora Mills. If I were standing in a classroom with young boys and girls, The first thing I would say to them is that greatness can come from anywhere. You don't have to be rich. You don't have to be wealthy. You can come from a humble upbringing and just through passion, thriving for excellence, honesty, integrity, humility, you can become a leader in whatever profession you want. My biological mom, and father are from St. Elizabeth, but my biological mom worked with my adopted mother, and when she became pregnant, she told her that she was not able to support a child. And so my adopted mom said that she would take me, and this is how I was actually named Joy, because she said I brought joy to her heart. And so she arranged for her to have the child in the Mandeville Hospital, took me home, and that's where my journey all started. And I am so grateful to my adopted parents because I'm not sure where I would be if I was not adopted. And this is a message I want to get across to adopted children. Don't be embarrassed of being adopted. Look at it as a gift from God that someone has decided to give you an opportunity to give you a better life. We grew up in Manchester for a short while. At age two, my parents decided to come to Kingston to live. And I lived on Walton Park Road. My adopted parents were not wealthy. And I remember distinctly one day at this basic school on Cashafark Road, that's where my mom took me every day to school, that the teacher didn't come to school. And when my mom came for me, she saw me standing on a box teaching the rest of the class. And she said to herself, there is something special about this child. Because at age three, who would decide that they would take over the class by standing on a box and teaching the class because the teacher was absent. So I went to the basic school until age six, and then I went to micro-practicing. 
And that's where I did my preparation for, at that time, the common entrance exams. And micro-practicing was actually right beside Woolmers. And every day I'd look across at Woolmers and said, this is a school that I'm going to go to. And my mom had a different vision for me. She said, no, you're going to Holy Childhood because the girls are disciplined. They wear the uniform six inches below their knees. And I know sister will have you under strict control. So I had no choice. So I went off to Holy Childhood. And I think this was a change for my life. Because in third form, I met my chemistry teacher, who became my second mom. And I would stay in the evenings and help her to prepare the laboratory work for the upper school. And so I became very knowledgeable in chemistry. And I actually started to teach some of the girls in the upper school chemistry, although I was just in third form. In fourth form, she left to have her second child, and she died in childbirth. And that was just so devastating for me. I cried for about two weeks. And then I made a vow that I had become the best chemist there is in her honor. So I continued to fifth form, did chemistry, passed my chemistry exams, and went to sixth form. And in lower six, we did not have a chemistry teacher. And I said to the principal, I want to do chemistry at the university. And so I'm going to teach myself chemistry until you find a chemistry teacher. So for one entire year, I taught myself chemistry. Then they found a chemistry teacher who came in in upper six and helped me with laboratory work. And I did my A-levels and passed chemistry for the University of the West Indies. Now, interestingly, at that time, on my vision board, I wanted to become a medical doctor. And so I went to the university and said, yes, I am now going to save the world as a medical doctor. Then I realized I just could not handle trauma. And so I decided that I just continue on straight path of chemistry. I worked very hard, was very passionate about my chemistry, but I was able to mix academia with extracurricular activities. And that is the message I want to get across. I was never a nerd. So I went to every fete on campus. I became carnival queen for Irving Hall. I was in the dance society. I was president of all the clubs on campus. And so on graduation, I obtained a first class honors degree in chemistry. And I actually went back to my alma mater, Holy Childhood, to teach chemistry for a while. The loss of my chemistry teacher actually gave me the courage to be bold and to pursue my dream in chemistry. And as I said before, I made a vow that I become the best chemistry series in her honor. So when I went to sixth form and they told me that we did not have a chemistry teacher, I did not give up because I wanted to continue my mission and my vow to Eldora that I become the best chemistry series. And people said, you're crazy. How are you going to teach yourself sixth form chemistry? I said, there are books. Because at that time, we didn't have like internet. You know, so it was all about books coming from the library. And I just went through, looked, got past papers, and just pursued my dream. So for me, loss gave me courage. Having excelled in science, Joy sought to further her studies abroad and won a scholarship to attend university in the UK, which gave her the necessary qualifications to launch her career in the spirits industry, 
first with the Tia Maria brand, before she made the fateful move to J. Ray and Nephew, where her talents as a chemist were recognised by her mentor, the Appleton Estate master blender, Owen Tulla. Going to the UK was very interesting for me because it was my first global academic experience. And I remember that this particular class had about 26 students in it. And half of the class was from the UK, US and Canada, and the other half was from third world countries. And so you could see that division in the class where the third world students stick to themselves and the first world stuck to themselves. They wouldn't speak to us actually, uh, because I think they thought that we weren't very bright. And so after the first exam, I got 98%. And that's when everybody became my friend, right? So everybody started to ask me questions to help them, to assist them, and I had no problem, you know, helping. And when the exam came, I taught the class, and then we went on into the practical side because you had to do an, a theory side first, and then if you pass the theory, then you go on to your research and practical. And I chose what everybody saw as the most difficult tutor for my research. And when I looked at him, I realized that this man was excellent in his craft. He would be an excellent professor for me. And I had no fear approaching him to be my professor for my research work. And under this, I discovered this gentle, kind soul who was not that person that created fear in everyone. And this is a lesson in life for everyone that be bold, never fear approaching anything in life. And I always say there are only two answers to any question in life, yes or no. So don't be afraid to ask. And so we became very good friends and I graduated the top of the class and we kept communicating you know, over a period of years until he passed away. And it was just a lesson for me, you know, just that, just never ever fear anyone. So on my return to Jamaica, I have to say that I was actually homesick. I was offered a PhD project from a pharmaceutical company, but I miss Jamaica so much. So I came back home and I decided to get some industry experience and I applied to Tia Maria, the coffee liqueur producer, for the job as a research chemist. I joined them as a research chemist. It was just basically a one product operation where they actually made Campari and coffee liqueur. I got very bored because I have to multitask. I just can't be doing one thing all the time. I have to be doing several things to keep myself occupied. They realized how bored I was, and so I would do research work in the morning, and then in the evenings they would send me on the road to do PR for the Tia Maria coffee liqueur. And many days I would look across the fence in these moments of boredom and I would see people working at Jerry and Neville, the owner of Appleton Estate, and tankers would be rolling in, people look extremely busy, happy, and I said to myself, but that seems to be the happening place to work. So I took a leap of faith and sent my resume over to Jerry and Neville. And interestingly, they called me over for an interview. And the first thing they said in the interview is that we have no job openings and 
we're just so interested in your resume. We just wanted to have a talk with you. So we had a long interview, good conversation. And I left and I said, well, this is my destiny. And I went back over to Tia Maria. A few weeks later, I got a call to say, we've created a position for you. It's the position of chief chemist. And we'd like you to come and modernize the laboratory for us. I said, whoa. So that's interesting. And then when I looked at the salary, it was significantly less than what I was getting at Tia Maria, because at that time, Tia Maria was owned by a UK company. And so the salaries was much higher than the Jamaican companies. But I said, you know, there is an opportunity there for me. And I'm not going to look at just dollars. I'm going to look at what my future holds. And I, so I went over significantly less salary and started my journey. And this is when I met the previous master blender, Owen Tolo. And this is where I fell in love with rum. This is when I discovered that this product was so complex, sophisticated, intriguing, and had so many chemistry inputs into it from simply growing the sugar cane to fermentation, distillation, aging, and blending. And then I realized I could apply my sensory skills to this particular craft because I always knew I had excellent sensory skills, but never knew that I could use this as part of a profession. He recognized that I had excellent sensory skills, good knowledge of the chemistry process. And he said to me, you know, Joy, I'm going to take you under my wings because I think one day you'll become an excellent master blender. And so I tutored with him for 17 years, learning all the intricacies of rum manufacturing, how to combine so many different types of rums, different ages to create these beautiful products that we make at Jerry and Neville, and in particular, Appleton Estate. And when he retired, in 1997, I was appointed the master blender. And it was then that our PR person in the UK contacted us and said, Joy, do you realize that you're the first female in the spirit world to become a master blender? And he said, I'm not just referring to rum, but I'm referring to scotch and other spirits. And I said, wow, here it is, just a simple Jamaican woman achieving this. But this was not possible without the confidence of my former bosses, because they thought that I had, you know, the skill set to become a great master blender. And they ignored the calls from men saying that there's no way that a female can become a master blender. And they, they too took a leap of faith in me and said, we're going to give her this opportunity. Having achieved the milestone of becoming the world's first female master blender, Joy sought to share her learnings and passion to inspire young women to take up STEM subjects and careers. Here, she talks about that impact and shares with us her rules for success that helped her through her life and career. Well, first of all, I believe in giving back and I do a lot of motivational talks with young persons who are interested in you know, pursuing a career in STEM and encouraging them to think outside the box for a career and be passionate about their craft. It is also important to remain humble, be bold, and just you know, have great integrity in whatever it is that you're doing. And I find that 
a lot of young persons, especially those who are pursuing a career in STEM, do not see a future in STEM. And they're, they're wondering to themselves, you know, when I graduate, if I'll be able to have a job. And I explain to them that if you excel in what you're doing, there will be an opening somewhere for you. And it is for you to take that leap of faith and apply to wherever you wish that you want to work. You know, I had a very interesting experience. When I was the chief chemist, one day a young lady was working at Grace Kennedy and she sent me a, a little letter stating that she was so interested in what I was doing and that she found my job so fascinating. She's not really bored at where she was at Grace Kennedy, but she, she wanted to learn more about what I was doing. And I said to myself, you know, the next time that there's an opening in the laboratory, I'm going to offer her a job. And I offered her a job, and believe it or not, she is now working in R&D today at Jerry Neville. Simply by just sending a letter to me and saying how interesting she is in, the, in, in my role and whatever I do at Jerry Neville. And, you know, it was interesting to say that she said to me, but, you know, I have sinus issues. I don't know if I'm an excellent sensory expert. So I just told her, try and get your sinus issues under wraps and you'll become a good sensory expert. So it's just encouraging these young people to understand that greatness can come from anywhere. I'm this adopted child growing up in Walsham Park Road, begging a lift every morning to school, you know, pursuing a career in STEM, but just being passionate about what I wanted to do. And I always plan whatever it is that I want to do in life. You know, people tease me all the time that I have a checklist for everything. But it's true. If, if, if I'm having a party at home, I have a checklist. I have a checklist if I want to do um, a certain um, production process at the office or anything in my life. And it's, it's just to keep you on track and for you to understand that there could be obstacles along the way. And mentioning about obstacles, you're going to have failures in your profession, but use it as a sounding board for improvement. I always tell everyone, when I have a failure, I just get up and brush off and move on again. I'm not going to lie back, cry, and say it's the end of the world. It is an opportunity for improvement. The spirit industry is still a male-dominated field. More and more females are now being given the opportunity to become master blenders and master distillers. But when I was appointed the master blender, I really had a lot of challenges in Jamaica, interestingly, from managers, male managers who thought I just was not capable of you know, becoming successful. But I was well received by persons internationally I thought that I would have serious resistance from male journalists globally, but they welcomed me with open arms, and I was so grateful for that. And I must say that I rose above these challenges and just thought about giving the opportunity for other females to achieve this particular profession. My definition of success is be passionate about your craft, excel in what you do, and the world will become your oyster. I do not see success as 
having a big house, a fancy car. Um, I must tell you, so many persons have approached me to say, you're the master blender, the first female master blender in the world. You should be driving a BMW. You should be driving a Benz. I said, no, I drive a RAV4 from Toyota because it takes me where I want to go comfortably and it's very reliable. And so people say, really? And I said, yes. Um, I'm not living on a hill in a fancy house because my whole attitude in life is to give back to others who do not have the opportunity to pursue their dreams in STEM. And I help so many young people, you know, to realize their true potential. So success is not, for me, it's not material things. It's just excelling in your craft and helping others. There are certain key rules that I live by every day. Passion, integrity, pragmatism, humility, and importantly, act as a sponge for knowledge. You're never too old to learn anything. Don't believe that you know everything, you know it all. I know some persons believe that when they reach a certain stage in their career, that this is it, they, and they are an expert on everything, no. Up to today, I'm still learning about different aspects of the spirit industry, and I welcome any new knowledge. I do a lot of traveling globally to promote the Appleton Estate brand, and it's always so surprising to me how people react to me. I remember I went to one of the Tales of the Cocktails um, event in New Orleans, and when I entered the lobby, this young girl from South Africa went down on her knees and she says, thank you so much for helping women to realize their dreams in the spirit industry. If it wasn't for you, we would not be where we are today. And she started to cry, and I started to cry too. And I said, please stand up, please stand up. And I remember one day walking on the streets of New York with one of the sales managers, and I'm hearing this lady shouting, Joy Spence, Joy Spence. I'm turning around, she says, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving females this opportunity. So everywhere I go, in particular, females are so respectful and grateful for the fact that I have opened the doors for other females in the industry. Reflecting on her career, one of the things most important to Joy has been achieving a work-life balance. She told us about the pleasure of working in the beautiful surrounds of the Appleton Estate and how she managed to balance her role as a mother to two children with being one of the most celebrated people in the global spirits industry. The Appleton Estate is located in this beautiful terroir. It has this amazing valley surrounded by these cockpit hills made of limestone and because of this geography every day at about 2.30 we have daily showers of rain and so that particular area is always lush and green. So although I've been doing this trip for over 40 years from Kingston every time I hit that hill and look down in that valley it's just like utopia. It's somewhere that once you fall in love with it you, you just it becomes a part of your DNA and the whole entire process of making our rooms at Appleton Estate is so unique. The water that we have is filtered through limestone. We have our specially cultured yeast that goes back to 1749 when we started production. The type of distillation that we have is unique. And of course, the passion and spirit of our people. 
you know, you can feel that in every bottle of rum that we produce. And it is important to understand the spirit of the Jamaican people. We are passionate about whatever we do. We want to excel in whatever we do. You know, if you think of our athletes, for example, if our athlete gets a bronze medal, we are totally upset. Yes, still in other countries, when their athletes get a, a bronze medal, they have a homecoming event for them because we are just accustomed to getting gold, coming first, coming first in whatever it is that we do. And it is that part of the Jamaican DNA that if we really work with it, we can excel as a people. I think I've been successful as a mom because I was able to balance work life with home life. So I, I never had any shortcut to my children. I attended every PTA meeting. I attended any event that they were partaking in. And I taught them about learning to be, become excellent in whatever it is that you're doing, be passionate, be detailed in whatever you wish to do, be humble, and also never take no for an answer. And people ask me all the time, you know, you have two successful children. Your daughter is a chief operating officer for NCB Capital Markets. Um, she was the youngest vice president at the time when she was appointed the vice president. My son just became a partner in Prosco Rose. Um, and he is one of the youngest partners I've ever had in the company because he's 34. And it's all through, I think, my influence of being passionate about what I'm doing, excelling. And I must say that both of them are humble. They remain humble, although they have been successful. And they recognize the hard work that I did in reaching where I am today. I remember one particular night at about 2 a.m., there was a problem in production. And we had to scrape them up and put them in the car because my husband had to drive me because we were on Spanish Town Road at 2 a.m. You wouldn't want to drive alone there as a female. And so we scraped them up, wrapped them up in blanket, and I went, went in to sort out the production problem, brought them back home. And they saw, you know, how dedicated I was to whatever it is that I was doing, but did not ever, ever not um, concentrate on their life and their activities. And, you know, my daughter always says to me, Mom, how did you do it? How did you strike this balance? Because as a young mother, it is so difficult for me, you know, having this balance between home and work life. But you just have to make the time. I used to give up lunchtime so I could leave exactly at 5 to pick them up from daycare, pick them up from school, and go through their homework and prepare them for the next day at school. I have to tell you that I had this amazing experience in New Zealand. I went to New Zealand for a tour, and having traveled for 21 hours, taking different planes, when I arrived at the Auckland airport, I was walking and looking down, and one of the passengers on the plane touched me on my shoulder and said, look up. And when I looked up, there was this massive billboard with my picture saying, welcome to Auckland Joyce Fence, Tenaco. And I said to myself, goodness me, here it is. I am coming all the way from little Jamaica to New Zealand and being welcomed like this in, in this country. And I actually shed a tear or two because I just couldn't believe that this was happening. But everywhere I go, 
you know, it's like um, being like a rock star in the spirit industry. <laughs> the Drive-In Meat podcast is brought to you by Toyota Jamaica. Toyota Jamaica now leases directly to your business, tailoring lease and lease-to-own options with island-wide maintenance included. From the RAV4 to the Prado, Hiace to the Hino, you can refresh your fleet with fixed monthly charges in US dollars or Jamaican dollars. For more information on Toyota lease products for your business, call or click today. This podcast is produced by Record Media. Subscribe now to hear the full series.